Do you need some help finishing that song of yours that's just been lying around for months? Perhaps you feel like it's just not quite there yet, and you're not sure what to do next. Here's a short checklist in today's podcast to run your songs through and measure your songs by. That's what's today on the CMB Podcast, Session 46. Welcome to the CMB Podcast, a podcast designed to serve people of faith who make music. If you're looking for practical and inspirational ideas to help you in your musical craft, then look no further. ChristianMusicBlog.com is all about helping you think differently about creativity through eyes of faith as you learn how to establish healthy musical habits and disciplines, fueling your creativity and making you more prolific for the glory of God. And now your host, Nate Fancher. Hey everybody, welcome to the Christian Music Blog Podcast. Session number 46 of the podcast. Very excited to be back again. This podcast is all about serving and equipping you in your journey as a Christian musician. CMB exists to resource, instruct, inform, and promote you, the person of faith who makes music. If you're new with us and you fit in that category, I want to invite you to join our email list over at christianmusicblog.com and and there you'll find uh, the home of all the things here on the podcast as well as other posts at the blog to encourage you in all your music-making endeavors. Um, in fact, if you're new with us, I have a gift for you there as well. So head over to christianmusicblog.com slash gift, and you'll see um, a very helpful um, PDF. It's a guide that you can go through on how to use Evernote to write songs uh, more regularly and to have a, a robust organizational system in Evernote for your songwriting. And there's also an MP3 that goes along with that, and that's for free over at christianmusicblog.com slash gift. Thanks for checking us out today. Um, head over there and get that gift. All right. Well, it's good to be back on the podcast. I've had a couple of weeks off here. It's actually the biggest um, break that I've taken since launching the podcast uh, a year ago now. It's kind of crazy that we've been doing this about a year. And um, after the last session, session 45 with Sean Carter, I um, was just feeling like I needed to just take a little bit of a break and, um, you know, what I should have done is probably communicated to the list because, you know, there's nothing worse than just things dropping off the map and, and not, and, and people not being sure of what's happening. So that's my bad. Um, you know, as I look back, there's a lot I'm learning through this whole thing, but it was a much needed break. Um, there's actually so much going on right now in my personal life, a lot of good stuff, um, in our church life, there's a lot happening. Um, I have a lot of, a lot of plates that I'm spinning and, um, it's, you know, there's that, there's that verse, I think it's somewhere in the Bible, where where it talks about how it's good for a young man to bear the yoke of his youth. And I, and I kind of feel like I'm in that that season of life right now, uh, early 30s, and just doing a lot of different stuff and, and you know, always being stretched in, in a lot of different areas and, and very exciting because you just grow that way, you know. So anyway, um, I'm, I'm glad to be back on the podcast and very happy that you're here listening to this today. It means so much. So um, looking forward to getting going again here with with some um, interviews, some more some more interviews with different artists and different folks, and some some new ideas. I want to be sharing with you guys some thoughts I have, and there's been a lot on my heart that I've wanted to do with ChristianMusicBlog.com, and it's just been a slow process, a little slower than I had hoped to be honest. Um, but I'm very pleased and very thankful for for what's happened up to this point. The podcast has done well. We have almost 500 subscribers on the email list, 
and uh, you guys email me regularly, and we, we, we dialogue back and forth about different stuff. We've had some CMBite spotlights lately here on the blog. If you're not familiar with what that is, a CMBite spotlight is basically um, a, a feature. It's an interview with folks who are subscribers to CMB. So um, if you go over to our site, on the right-hand side, there's this sidebar, and um, there's um, CMB, CMB Spotlight. It's um, a, a, actually, if you go to christianmusicblog.com slash blog dash interviews, it'll, you, you can read all about it there. But we've had, um, if, I, if I can look here, excuse me, I'm looking around on the site right now. Yeah, our, la- our latest one at the time of this recording is CMBI Spotlight number nine with Stephanie Boyd. We had um, number eight with Symbrosia. And uh, some really great stuff that these folks are putting out. These are artists like yourself who are listening to this, who have signed up to our list and, um, you know, just loving the journey of independent music making and seeing where it goes. We also had CMBI Spotlight number seven with Jordan Cannell. Jordan's got some great music. Um, He and his band have toured uh, all over the States and, you know, played Christian festivals and things like that. And just love that guy. He, He and I met. At a, um, at a at a at a gig a couple of years ago, I think. But um, really excited about getting to know this guy even better. We're actually going to be bringing him on the podcast soon. Very excited about sharing his story with you all. So, um, and then also on the blog, we've had a number of other guest posts that have been going on. One recently uh, called "What Am I Waiting On" by Blake Easter, who has written a couple for us, and uh, he's a producer out of Nashville. I encourage you to check out those posts over there, and um, all of these links you can get right out of our show notes today and our show notes for today's episode are christianmusicblog.com slash session 46 christianmusicblog.com slash session 46 Okay, so as I said in the beginning of today's episode, we're going to be going over the CMB songwriting checklist, and um, uh, this is a ten-part checklist, and I think it's just a helpful thing to run your songs through. I've actually brought this up in a previous episode before, but I, but we kind of quickly um, went through it, and I figured I'd just give a whole episode to this, and uh, we're not going to take a lot of time doing this today, but um, it's basically a ten-part checklist that you can just take your songs through. So maybe you're you're finding that your songs um, are almost finished. You're almost there, but you just want to be be sure that they're done. And um, and I think it's just a great list to go through. Also, you might you might um, be the type of person that runs through your songs too fast, and then you think they're done, but they may not be. And um, so this is just kind of a a guide, a a helpful filter to run your songs through and just measure your songs by. So. Um, if you feel like really going crazy over this, you can give yourself a grade at the end. So if you give yourself, you know, ten points each, you could do it like the old school days and and you know see what you know uh, grade you get. But of course, it's hard for you to be objective, isn't it? With when, when it comes to your own songs, of course. So you have to be honest. And uh, so one good way to do it is just have someone else do it for you. And um, so you could give them this list and your song, and then they could do it without you around and just be honest. And you have to tell them, you know, tell them, please be honest with me when it comes to this uh, checklist thing. So, um, all right, so we want to dive right in. And by the way, you can read along with me. Um, There is a blog post at the blog dedicated to this. And so I'm actually going to be just going through that blog post 
And that's at christianmusicblog.com slash songwriting dash checklist. And uh, there's also a PDF that you can download and, and print it out. So it's a little bit more easy for you to, to have um, yourself. So, all right, we're going to dive right in. There are 10 things in this checklist. And I'm going to just go through those and then we'll go through each one. So number one is the big idea. Number two is the continuity of the big idea. Number three is li- lyrical alliteration. Number four is assonance and near rhyme. Number five is repetitive devices. Number six is repetitive melodies. Number seven is singable syllables. Number eight is the melody with no chords test. That's a specific test. We'll go over that. Number nine is figures of speech. Number 10 is the first impression test. Okay, so let's just break these down. And um, yeah, I'm excited about doing this. Again, this is just a helpful guide for you. So just take your songs through this. Number one, the big idea. And this is basically the main point of your song. And I think a lot of people just kind of kind of rush through, you know, they think they have sort of what they're writing about, but um, they have more of a fragmented idea and, and there's not this one, you know, thing that, that people can land on. You know, is it clear to the listener? That's really the main question you want to ask yourself. Is this big idea clear to the listener? Is the message um, understandable? Is it clear? Is it going to stick with them after they're done listening? That's that you know that makes that makes the big idea impactful and, and it has influence on them. You know, so it goes beyond just the song itself. A lot of writers think uh, that their message might be clear, but a lot of the time it's clear only in their heads. So this is a huge part of making your song's message really, really stick. So I encourage you to take time and you know ask yourself, does my song? have a big idea that that has handles on it that people can really grasp hold of and and in such a way that after the song is over they're they're taking that and and it changes them you know um, they're impacted by your big idea so that's number one the big idea number two is the continuity of that idea and this sort of ties obviously to number one so you can't have number two without number one but um, even if you have your big idea it's so important to stick to it throughout the entirety of your song. Sometimes, especially in highly charged moments of inspiration, highly uh, charged moments of emotion, it's easy to go with the flow uh, of that moment. And what this can mean, though, is is that you go down an unnecessary rabbit trail. You know, you, you might you know think of something else that's connected to a thought or something, and it, and it might not really tie to the big idea. So stick to your main point from start to finish. And so ask yourself, does your song um, does your song have the continuity of the big idea throughout the song? That's number two, continuity of the idea. Number three, lyrical alliteration. You know, liter- lyrical alliteration is, is an awesome device for um, just really grabbing hold of your listeners. It simply means that you use consonants in a single phrase or a lyrical hook. You're, you're, you're using that um, that powerful device, alliteration, to make your words pop. In other words, make your lyrics not only fit into a nice melody, but make them interesting and fun to say and sing with with the use of similar consonants. So, uh, you know, obvious, famous, um, you know, tongue twister, as it's been called by some, Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. You know, I didn't even sing that, but it's just poppy. <laughs> I didn't sing it. There's no music to it, but the lyrics pop. And so um, there's a reason that this line is so popular, and the reason is that it's 
it's lyrical alliteration. So how, how are your lyrics with regard to alliteration? Run your song through that, that test. That's number three, lyrical alliteration. Number four, assonance and near rhyme. So like alliteration, you know, alliteration works with consonants. Assonance works with vowels. So this is very important for singability and, and for lyrics that get stuck in someone's head. Many times people try to rhyme too closely. Um, so this isn't the same thing as, you know, you're looking for a perfect rhyme. Uh, near rhyme can really make a big difference. You don't have to have a rhyme, um, a perfect rhyme always. So don't fall back on on overused lyrical phrases and bad cliches. That's what tends to happen, you know, um, when, when you start to do rhyming because, because you look for perfect rhymes rather than near rhymes. Open it up a little bit. This helps you actually. And so to help break out of that elementary way of songwriting where you're just doing always perfect rhymes, try near rhyming and, and assonance. Number four, assonance and near rhyme. Okay, number five, repetitive devices. So again, your lyrics can be musical without music. Think for a moment about how different words sound. You know, if you're establishing a lyrical phrase that supports your big idea, you're going to want to be repetitive. And people, this is something that a lot of folks, I find, try to um, consciously stay away from because they, they feel like re- repetition is bad. And it's not. Repetition is very good. Um, now, there obviously is a way to do it that's annoying. Um, and and you have to learn how to do that. You know, that's just going to take practice. But Repetitive, the good kind of, of repetition is very good for your song. And so using repetitive devices like anaphora and epiphora, th- those things can make your lines stand out and become more easy to latch onto. So an example is the famous Christmas song, Silver and Gold. It's sung more than 10 times in that song. Silver and gold, silver and gold, silver and gold, all over the, t- all over the place. It's a hook. And it works. And the reason it works is because we're talking about music here. We're not talking about journalism. It's a very different way of writing. Um, and, and, and it's not even the same as poetry. You know, poetry and music, poetry and songwriting, a lot of folks tend to think, well, if they write poetry, they can probably write a song. And, and um, yeah, that's, that, that can be true. But even poetry is different than songwriting. You don't just take a straight-up poem and go put music to it. You're going to want to... Um, make it musical and make it fit. So um, for more on, on defining anaphora and epiphora, um, I encourage you to check out this uh, blog post by Steve Rice, and I'm going to have a link to that in our show notes today, as well as if you go to this um, blog post on the songwriting checklist itself, it's on there. He has a great blog called Songsphere, and um, fantastic. Steve is over there at, at Centricity Music. We had John Mays on the podcast a few episodes back, and and uh, he works with Steve a lot, and Steve's in the publishing department over there. But um, anyway, he has some great, great resources for songwriters, and he talks a lot about these two things, anaphora and epiphora. So that's number five, repetitive devices. Number six, repetitive melodies. This one seems obvious, but but often we take great melody lines for granted. Um, I remember one time I wrote a song called It's Because of You, and I had the chorus... And it had um, this, I guess the main hook was, it's because of you. <laughs> Only, I'm, I'm, I'm all of a sudden feeling insecure for singing on my podcast. I've never done that, have I? Maybe I should start singing on the podcast. I actually won't do that. Um, anyway, I'm not going to do that. The, um, the chorus 
was this because of you, only you, Jesus? And then I had uh, another line in the original chorus. I went right into a different kind of line. And um, I remember showing it to a, a songwriter from the UK named Sue Rinaldi. And she just encouraged me. She said, just repeat that line again. It's, it's a great hook in the song. You know, you want it to, you don't want to just fly through that stuff. And so repetitive melodies, um, if you have four lines in a chorus and they each have a different melody, you're most likely going to lose people. Um, that's a practical thing. You know, go to your song right now and, and look at your chorus. Do you have, um, does each line in your chorus have any repetition at all or are they all different from each other? If you have a hook, repeat it at least twice. And um, and that's going to do wonders for your chorus. So repetitive melodies matter and in your verses as well. So it's not just choruses, but in your verses, um, repetitive melodies. Um, the moral of the story is, is you should repeat your best hooks and your best phrases. Um, and that doesn't even have to be um, melodies that you're singing, you know, with your voice. It could be guitar parts. It could be different um, production arrangements within the song in the recording. But um, that's number six, repetitive melodies. And number seven, singable syllables. This is very important if you're writing songs that you want other people to sing. So this definitely applies in the world of corporate worship. If you're a worship leader, um, if you're hoping to, to write songs for your church that, that you want your church to sing, um, you're going to want to make it easy to sing, period. That's that's how that's how it works um, because when, especially in church services you have folks of all backgrounds and all kinds coming together because of the gospel you know they're not all coming together because they love the same kind of music necessarily now there are some churches obviously that have a lot of affinity and um, and you know like a lot of the same kind of styles and things like that but but even in those those things not everyone has the musical abilities that you have and so syllables in your songwriting, is really all about how you line up the syllables in your words to the rhythms in your musical phrases. And um, it, it's best if you don't have a lot of rhythms to sing over a word with fewer syllables. Uh, unless it's like a, a one syllable with a resonating vowel sound like like ah or oh. You know, we we are hearing more and more of that. Um, you know, the oh, 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 oh. That's Matt Redman, I think. That's kind of the great stadium rock hoorah that everyone is is using in all kinds of songs these days. But um, you know that's that's one one syllable, and so um, if you have a lot of other syllables, it just begins to get a little bit um, harder to sing for people. So um, singable syllables, make sure that that's that's happening. And again, that really applies if you're a worship songwriter. Uh, maybe you're a singer-songwriter and you don't really expect folks to sing your songs with you, but even then, it really applies because people will be more impacted by songs that they can sing in their car when they're driving down the street. You know, folks that love their favorite songs sing along with their songs when they're working out, when they're you know cleaning around the house, when they're in the car driving around you know, with their iPods on and, and um, iPods. Does anybody have iPods anymore? iPhones. You know what I'm saying? That 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 really matters. That's number seven, singable syllables. Number eight, this is an important test that um, I think is really good to just to just to try um, out and, and to see how your melodies are. I love it. It's called the Melody with No Chords Test. I heard this from Tim Hughes, actually. He um, was in a, in a workshop talking about this. 
um, take your melody and just hum or whistle it without any other music, uh, musical accompaniment. So no guitars, no piano, um, just the melody itself. And does that melody still stick? Um, does it still stand out to you? I, I think it's really best if if you do this song test when when the song's just kind of getting started. I mean, because a lot of times, you know, it's hard to kind of separate in your mind, in your head. I always I always have like the the root note, the bass note, playing kind of in my mind's eye or my mind's ear. <laughs> um, and so it's hard to kind of do this sometimes if you're further down the road with your song, but. Um, I think it's just a it's just a neat way to test the melody. If you play the melody without playing the chords, ask yourself would it stand out at all? If if I could do it a cappella, um, that's kind of the big question there. So that's the melody with no chords test number eight, number nine, and we're coming into the home stretch here. Number nine, figures of speech, imagery, symbolism, metaphors, and so on are all very powerful ways to communicate a story or to communicate a thought. Uh, this can be a hard last test to run it through. You, you never want too many um, metaphors, symbolism, and things like that. It's a very powerful thing. It's like salt and pepper um, in your in your lyrics and in your melodies. Um, well, your lyrics, figures of speech. <laughs> um, so don't get carried away here, um, but, but use them strategically, and it'll make a huge difference. That's number nine, figures of speech. Number 10, the last one here. This one is is really, really good. Um, and, and this is kind of going to tie into so, sort of a suggestion. I think I've already mentioned it already, but um, giving this list to another person, you can go through it yourself, but then give it to someone else and have them do the same thing. Um, number 10, the first impression test. So what is your what is your gut feeling about this song? Um, and, and, and would you be nervous, ask yourself this question, would you be nervous to share it with someone else who wasn't involved in writing it with you? And uh, whether you feel nervous or not, I think you should still do it because regardless of that, you should always run songs. You should always run your songs by other people that you respect and play it for someone who, who's never heard it before and ask for their honest first impression. And, um, and this is really important because feedback from people that you trust, it really matters. And... Um, and even folks who may not know you personally, they're probably going to be even more honest with you because sometimes our, let's be honest, our closest, our closest friends, our family, they all love what we do and they're going to be positive. Um, but, um, but that's number 10, the first impression test. Okay, um, man, this has been awesome. I'm really um, hoping that you guys can use this and, and run with this. Um, so print this out. We have a link again, like I said before, there's a PDF for this list and you can just carry it around with you whenever you're writing and um, and I hope it serves you well. So that's the, um, the songwriting checklist, the C&B songwriting checklist. All right, well, that's it for today's episode. Again, to get the most out of today's episode, I encourage you to head over to our show notes and those are at christianmusicblog.com slash session 46. You're gonna see all the links relevant to today's podcast along with the C&B songwriters checklist, the PDF that we went over today. Um, it's practical. It was a short and sweet episode. I hope that you go and take action with today's episode. So also, as I mentioned in the beginning, if you're new, I want to give you another tool for becoming a better songwriter. And that's what I call the Evernote songwriting method. It's how I use Evernote, the great web app, Evernote, to write more songs on a consistent basis. And it's your gift today just for checking out our podcast. 
Again, that's at christianmusicblog.com slash gift. Next week, I'm stoked to share with you guys some things that, that are happening in my own life. Uh, it'll be more like a state of the blog address, if I can call it that. Um, I just want to share my heart about our future, cast a little vision for where I believe God wants to take CMB, and um, just encourage you guys. So that's next week on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you. May he bless your creative pursuits, and he'll be honored in all you do. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the CMB Podcast. For more valuable content, including helpful articles and video, visit christianmusicblog.com.